it's Emily Williams here, the founder of I Heart My Life and your host of the I Heart My Life show. So I am back after about an eight month hiatus from the I Heart My Life show. And truthfully, it was actually never my intention to take a hiatus from the show. I love this podcast. But as you'll hear in this episode, there have been a lot of things happening behind the scenes with us relocating from London to Los Angeles. So back in March 2019, James and I traveled to the US and we visited Seattle and then LA. And those were the two places we were considering. Ultimately, we decided on Los Angeles. And as you'll hear in just a few minutes, it's been an interesting journey to say the least. Some things happened as we expected and some definitely did not happen as we expected. So lots of surprises along the way, lots of learnings, and we've grown so much. So without further ado, I asked James to jump on this episode with me just to share a behind the scenes look at what we've been experiencing over the past few months. So I hope you love it. I hope you get a lot from this episode and ultimately understand that life is full of surprises and it's all up to us in terms of how we view those surprises and how we move forward. All right, enjoy. This is episode 46. Hey, everyone, it's Emily Williams here. And I have a special guest for us. We have James Williams, who is my husband and business partner. Welcome, James. Hey, everybody. Hello, my wife. (laughs) (laughs) So as I said in the intro, I couldn't think about how to do this myself. I knew that I wanted to have you as a part of this conversation to really bring, Mm. bring people up to speed in terms of what's been going on with us the past few months. So thank you for being open and willing to be here. That's my pleasure. So let's just take people back. When we decided that we wanted to move to the US, it was probably about a year or two ago when we realized that flying back and forth eight times in the span of a year was not the best decision. It was not good for our health. It was not good for the company. And so we started to really have a serious conversation around the timing of the move. And yet, it never seemed to be the perfect time. We had launches, we had challenges, we had things changing in the business, we were planning our first event. So can you tell people a little bit more about how kind of difficult that was to, that decision was and how we were able to finally decide on, on a date and why? It's so interesting because it, there's so many things in life that we could all put down to, oh, I'll wait for the perfect time, right? And nothing in life changes unless you change or, you know, you implement some change to come in, right? And I think that's what we learned that, you know, we're doing something massive and it's ever growing and ever expanding and it's not going to wait for a perfect time for us to do anything, especially something as big as um, moving countries, right? And so it was, it was kind of, challenging because there's, there's an exciting element to it but then there was a frustration of but when how are we going to develop time for this because you know life is in itself wasn't predictable um and so you know not only was there the business to think about and all the logistics there which i guess we'll get into how how complicated like you know moving abroad is um but also emotionally for me there was i've never lived in another country before and so there were the family and friends that I loved that, that would be, you know, that, that we'd be leaving. Um, and then simply the choice of both of us, you know, living what would be in a totally new place and not really knowing what to expect. So there's, there's a balance of excitement and kind of um, not really being able to be prepared. 
Yeah, totally. And I remember what tends to happen with us is like, we just wake up one day and we're like, let's just book the tickets. Like we can't, we can't put this off any longer. Let's just pick a date. And so we decided on, uh, well, we first thought we were going to do it in July and then we decided let's move it and do it at the end of August. So we chose August 31st and we picked the date, we booked the tickets and then we realized that we had made a pretty big error in that Lola could not fly with us on a weekend. And it was also Labor Day weekend in the US. And so she couldn't fly on the Monday. And then we had to figure out what do we do with our cat for four days? And how do we be okay with the fact that she's going to be flying on her own for so long when she's literally scared of rain and everything else? So that yeah, for, for, those, for those of you that, that don't know, like we are very obsessed with our cat. It's kind of you know, Lola is like our first child. And of course, she is very much part of the family. And it's all very well, us being able to shift and move very quickly, which we've always done. But you're right, like we, I mean, I spent a lot of time researching the best, the best people for moving Lola and again, it all perfect, but you don't, you don't consider the, the, the intricacies of, well, I think what had happened was that the people at the airport that that take the animals and look after them. They don't work at weekends. Like Emily said, it was Labor Day weekend, but the tickets were already booked. And so now we're like, oh, what do we do? Um, which I'll admit to me was really challenging because, you know, I, I, I worry a lot, you know, about, you know, our little Lola because she's our little baby, right? But and I will so, say that you're always really good at looking at the bright side because you right. kept saying, well, maybe it's a really good thing because we'll be able to get things settled and then she'll mm. come into an environment that's a little bit calmer and we'll be able to just handle our own bags and all of that jazz. And that made sense. And that actually was, was true. We were able to get some things sorted before she arrived. Well, I mean, that's the trick with this whole year. I mean, what, what I will probably come to for this whole discussion is that is that when whenever you whenever something's going on in your life and you want you've got to make some big decisions um you have to accept that uh, although you can manifest and make anything happen the route to get there isn't something you've always got control over like the, the things that happen along the way aren't predictable and so the way i always deal with that is to is to as soon as i know that i don't have control over a certain out over a certain route then I immediately go for, okay, well, what, what can we take from this that is going to benefit us? And thinking back now, like if we had a flown on the same day as Lola and had all of that luggage and Lola all at the same time, that would have been pretty stressful. So it, yeah, it, the way to look at it was that, yes, we could get there, we'd get everything set, and then she would, uh, she would arrive to a, a semi, you know, grounded existence when we were when we were settled <laughs> totally so once we decided on the date then you did an amazing job at researching how do we get our stuff from one place to another and so we found that if we shipped everything um, via boat it would be about a third of the cost and there were certain things that we didn't need right away and we were told that it would take I think it was like six to 10 weeks. So we're like, okay, we can handle that. So at the mm -hmm. beginning of July, we started packing up the house. We got clear on what we wanted to take. And then the shipment people that were supposed to come to pack everything up for us, I remember they were like six hours late. So you and I just got a jump start and started doing everything ourselves, wrapping all the dishes and all of that. And then finally they arrived and you know helped us and consolidated. And they told us that we didn't actually have to 
do worry about making all the book boxes lighter that they could be stuffed to the brim. And so they did their thing. And then we realized about a week and a half later after finding the apartment that we were going to be moving into that we wanted to take more than we had expected. And so we quickly called them and said, can you guys come back? Has the boat left? So we were able to add a bunch of other things to the actual shipment, to the pallet itself. And just to, just to like frame something here for everyone listening, like you got to think when you're packing up your life um, to move, you, you, and, and that shipment, you're obviously packing up way early. The shipment's not going to, uh, you know, you're not going to leave the country for another couple of months. You've got to think, well, what can I survive with for a couple of months while still running a business, having social occasions to go to, you know, um, and living, uh, living our life for like two months without stuff. And that's why that was quite hard, wasn't it? To decide well, yeah. what do we pack and what do we keep? Because um, we can only bring with us what we can fit into a load of suitcases. Um, and, and so that, that in itself was, was quite challenging, wasn't it? It was. Yeah, for sure. And then, but then we realized, you know, we have these gorgeous fake plants that we purchased in London. I think they were like 600 pounds or something. So we thought, you know, what are the things that we want to bring that we'd probably be buying anyways, that, you know, it'll be much cheaper to send on this boat than to purchase again. But like you said, it was difficult to narrow down what we keep and, and also what we, um, what we take and what we sell. And then you did an amazing job of putting everything on eBay, all of our stuff, all of our furniture that we weren't going to take. Um, admittedly, there's some stuff now that we know that we could have shipped <laughs> that we would have <laughs> loved to still have. Um, one of the become, things that we I, wanted I did, to ship... Go ahead. Yeah. I, I did, I, like, going back to the eBay thing, for, um, that was a hell of an experience. And I, I tell you what, it's kind of fun. It's like I was a, an eBay shop owner. Um, for a long period of time. And it's, it's, I, it is still amazing to me now what people will buy on, on eBay. Like, and, and, you know, for those of you that, that hate the idea of throwing things away, cause it, there's enough waste in the world as it is taking things down, you know, the, the recycling plant, like people will buy anything. So please don't throw things away. Please give people the opportunity to buy it because, because, um, you know, that you know it just made me feel sick the thought of throwing all this stuff away which a lot of people do a lot of good stuff and so it's yeah what fun. was the thing that somebody purchased that we were really surprised about that you were like you weren't even going to sell um I'm trying to remember now i think it was like a bookshelf or a book addresser an ikea dresser in my office wasn't it um yeah, I mean, there was all sorts of things that just really wasn't worth anything. Um, but you, you know, it, it, people people want love a bargain, which is great. I mean, it's just really, if you if you're willing to put the effort in to just taking some really nice pictures and and just saying, you know, I think the the main thing for me was it's it's much nicer and easier for someone to come pick something up than for me to do loads of trips to to the recycling plant, and also much better for the environment to be recycling stuff and selling it yourself, right? But yeah, people yeah, buy people, absolutely anything. Especially like with furniture being already assembled, people love that. They can just come yes. and pick it up. So I think that was part of it. But we were really surprised. And then in terms of um, you know, packing, so we realized we booked ourselves on a, a Virgin Airlines flight and booked business class, and we were allowed to bring three suitcases each. We could have paid for up to seven each, I believe. So that was really <laughs> awesome. <laughs> yeah. Just to be so I'm just remembering where this story is going. Sorry. 
Oh yeah. So yeah, we'll get there. So <laughs> that was really great um, to be able to have the space there. But I had to remember how I had to decide, do I want to ship my shoes or, or do I want to bring them with me? And ultimately like what I did and what I put in the suitcase was all the stuff that was really precious to me that I couldn't even bear to think of losing. And I know for you, that was very different because you actually realized even if your entire wardrobe was lost, you have no attachment to your clothes and you would yeah. much prefer to get rid of everything and buy new yeah. stuff. Well, this is interesting. And I guess we're, we're skipping forward a bit, but we'll come back. But it's, it's what I learned about myself is that I really, I really like don't get that attached to stuff. Um, and I'm not making it wrong for people do, to do that. There was plenty of things that I do get attached to. But what it made me realize was there was the, the, amount, of, the amount of things that I'd got used to living without actually took away a lot of stress. And that it was just when I'm when your choices are limited, um, and I guess if if, if that was the if, if that had been put on me for a different reason, it might be a different journey. But when you know and you accept, okay, I'm not going to have you know most of my stuff for a couple of months. You know, you accept that. But actually, it was kind of easy. Like I was wearing the same kind of clothes every day, and I had a lot less things to worry about, a lot less things to iron or wash, <laughs> right? And I actually I did. I said to Emily, I said, you know what? Other than a few key things, there was some hiking equipment and you know boys toys if you like that I that I missed I would really be I really wouldn't be that disappointed if uh, if you know my uh, if I didn't get any of that stuff which is really interesting to learn about to about me actually totally so in the month of July and August, we planned a lot of dinners. We said goodbye to people or see you later. And we packed ourselves up and got ready to move the end of August, like we said. And moving day came around. And I remember just feeling really ready. Um, it seemed mm -hmm. to take a while to get there. And you and I were ready. We were so planned. We were so organized. We had found an apartment that we were going to be moving into. We had this amazing real estate agent who took us on video tours and shared all these different places with us. And finally, we found one that was basically going to be like living in a hotel. And we figured that you were going to want to work outside of the house. And so mm -hmm. you would get an apartment or um, an office space elsewhere. And so we would kind of downsize from our big London house into this apartment. And we were excited about it. We got in the car, we packed all of our suitcases, I remember the first thing that happened was you left your glasses inside the house, no, right? I, no, I left them. So when we, we left the house, because you another thing for you to remember here, we lived in like a house. And so we had to make sure that when we left the house, it was completely empty of all our stuff, which is, which is interesting considering the night before you've got to sleep and eat dinner and have breakfast. And so that was quite challenging to make sure it was completely empty um, luckily the, 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 the guy that we rented the house of was so amazing and was, you know, really accommodating there. But we got outside the house, we lined up our suitcases, which people might see if there's an Instagram picture and we stood there and we took a picture. And of course, being the vain guy that I was, I don't, I don't want to wear my glasses in the picture. So I put my, took my glasses off and I put them on the, on the, on the wall that was outside the house. And then we packed the, the taxi got, and then of course I'm halfway, halfway to the airport and I realized I'd left my glasses on the wall of the house. So we had to go all the way back. And they were still sitting there and we had to put them on. So that was the first little kind of like hiccup. <laughs> so yeah, then we got to the airport and they were all super accommodating. We checked in all of our bags. They didn't even weigh them. I remember thinking about that because I was curious about the weight. They we went heavy. through, yeah. <laughs> sat down. 
um, went into the the lounge and then got on the plane. And it was a really like weird experience to be on a plane. It just felt like we were going to be going on vacation. We didn't yet really feel like, oh, we're moving countries. And so we arrive at the airport and everything's going really well. Our bags come out super fast. We had decided to... Um, get a taxi to our new apartment and then pick up a car later on. So we get in the taxi, put all of our bags in and get to the apartment. And we literally checked in. We got into the apartment. We got the keys. We had had somebody there the day before who had been an assistant and she basically had been accepting furniture because we had even ordered furniture ahead of time. And so there were things set up in the house. But one of the things that we quickly realized is that we actually left two bags at the airport right so this is this is why this is funny because we we so we had was it five six bags was it six bags seven i think we had seven bags that's including the little carry-ons that we took on the plane but seven bags okay um and we got we got there we're at the apartment and i'm thinking oh i really want there's something i needed i was like where did i pack that where did i pack that then i realized oh that was in my big north face bag where's the big north face bag where's the other big soft bag and how so this is what happens to your brain like you're moving countries all these things happening and yet you forget two giant bags and at no point during the entire trip from the um the luggage belt to the taxi and then the 45 50 minute journey in the taxi back to the apartment did we realize that we were missing two huge bags which is really funny um so yes um we left we left two entire bags which was an interesting experience so then Yours truly said, you know what, while, you know, even though we've just flown, even though we've just had like a, I mean, what, in total, 12, 13 hour day um, flying across. Yeah, more than that. More than that pond. um, A little bit jet lagged. And we just thought, you know what, keep the momentum going. I jumped in an Uber and I'm going to go back to the airport. And if anyone here knows what LA traffic is like, that's not a quick journey. That's like 45, 50 minutes each way in LA traffic. So I got down there and then I got to explain to someone at the front desk, Hi, um, I've left, left two giant, I forgot two giant bits of luggage. Um, can I get them, please? Which uh, by itself sounds kind of ludicrous. Like, how do you forget giant bags? But credit to uh, Virgin, who were amazing, and literally walked me around, grabbed the bags. I was in there five minutes, put them in. And the, the Uber driver who agreed to wait um, outside for me, even though they're not really allowed to. So I, was, I went and got the grabs. To chuck them in the Uber with this this lovely Uber driver, and she drove me back home. And then we had our bags, and we were set. <laughs> oh gosh, yeah. And I remember, like, it's because we had, you know, we had those two trolleys. But we, I always pack a ton of stuff, and so we're used to having a lot of bags, but we aren't used to having seven bags. And so I think, like you said, in your mind, when all this stuff is happening, anything out of the ordinary, you you just you just don't see it. And so you got back and I remember you were, I was so surprised because you were in such a good mood, but you said it was because this Uber driver who was so lovely, you just like chatted the whole time. You got a big tour of LA. And again, it's another example of you looking on the bright side. Well, I love people, right? And Emily always giggles because whenever we take a taxi anywhere, I end up learning everything about the taxi driver because like, you know, I like talking to people. And um, I actually learned a lot from this taxi driver. She was even telling me about the fast track lane in, on the freeway <laughs> and that you, saves you a ton of time if you get this t- get this thing. And um, and so, you know, people make me happy. And so I think that it's another it's another example of you, your perspective on life is what what creates your experience. And I I didn't want 
our new journey to be started off with the idea that something's stressful and I didn't want to come home um, and be this stressed guy for for my lovely wife who is out there, who is at home right now, um, like starting to unpack and do stuff. So, you know, I, I chose to continue the adventure and it really wasn't a big deal. It's, it's a couple of hours, you know, to get things done and came back and, you know, we got to continue being so grateful with this beautiful view that we had and this beginning of this new life. Yeah. And then, so I'm just going to give some of the highlights here. So then you get back and I've already unpacked a lot of stuff. I put it away and so it's looking great. But then we realized, wait, where is our mattress? We ordered, like I said, all this furniture. We had somebody unpack it for us. And we realized that the mattress was actually going to take... I think it was like five days more than we had expected for it to take again, because it was Labor Day weekend. And so we, luckily you had ordered these two blow up like chairs that we were sitting on because our couch hadn't arrived either. And so you and I actually slept on those for, I don't know how many nights, like three nights. Well, the interesting thing with these chairs I ordered, right? Thank goodness for Amazon, right? You get things really quickly is that they were kind of like arm blow up armchairs. I thought we can just, they'll shrink down small when we don't need them. And we can just use them as a sofa for a few days until the, until the sofa arrives. But they did actually fold out to be single beds. And so we had the bed frame. And so we, I, so I literally laid these two like armchair things in the bed frame which they fitted in um but because they had like the the arms and the back we had them lying next to each other on the bed to make this kind of bed of course when we were lying in it we wouldn't be able to see each other because because of the you know so it's kind of a funny experience so the, the it was a very interesting few nights of sleep <laughs> yeah. And we didn't even have pillows. And then I ordered the pillows the next day. And then Amazon, we saw they were about to deliver them at like 9 PM. So we waited up and we were super jet lagged. And then all of a sudden it said like, couldn't deliver. And so those came the following day. So yeah, that was really, it, it was, it was very interesting. So James, I'd love for you to talk a little bit about your experience moving to another country and any of the emotions that you felt in particular, those first few weeks. Can you take mm. people back? This is this is an interesting one because lots of people were asking me during the whole of this year before we've moved, you know, how are you feeling about it? You know, you know, leaving, you know, your family and leaving friends, well, not leaving them, but being f- further away and of course moving. And I do tend to take things in my stride, but the challenge with that is that I can't predict how I'm going to feel um, because I just take things in my stride. Um, the challenge for me I think came from like more of the logistics. Like I, I came to a new country and suddenly the things that you start to realize what you take for granted. And, you know, you take for granted that you have a bank account and that, you know, you, you have a driver's license and that you can, you, you, you can get a credit card and you can, and you kind of can do anything you want to do. Um, and so I think the challenging thing for me was almost like the, it, it was, it's quite a vulnerable feeling to come and suddenly um, you don't have any of those things and you're waiting for like a green card. Um, and even though you have a temporary one in your, in your passport and all that kind of stuff, um, you know, we, I couldn't open a bank account. I, I, they wouldn't let me have my LA driver's license yet because I needed my green card for it and the passport didn't scan properly and all this kind of craziness. And so I think that was one thing was the, my rights as a citizen which I take for granted in the country that I've been living in for 40 years, suddenly um, I didn't have any more, which was an interesting thing. And that was, it wasn't super stressful, but it was just a little logistical thing that kind of um, 
even from, like maybe I'll admit from an ego point of view, just felt a little bit disempowering. Um, and then of course, you know, you know, the friends and family suddenly it's like, you know, when you live in another like state or you live, you know, a few miles away from friends or family that, that you might as well be in another country because quite often you don't, you don't see each other as much as you can, as, as much as you'd like to see each other. But when there's eight hours time difference uh, between friends and family, um, that's another thing you've got to be you're really conscious of, of like calling and video calling. And so I, you know, I made sure to set up video calls with friends and family to sort of catch up. Um, but I've got to admit that I think we moved at the right point in my life because emotionally really wasn't as, as challenging as I thought it would be because I, I was so ready um, for this next level. I have, I've got some amazing friends over here that I was excited to be closer to um, in, in so many ways and I was just ready for it. And so um, as someone who re- has always been someone who really visions exactly the kind of life that he wants um, I was already here before I got here in a lot of ways. I might not have known some of the logistics or where we we're going to be, but I was already here. And so um, even to this day, and it's been, it's been a couple of months now, um, I, you know, I don't, and I, I don't want to upset the people in the UK, but I don't, I don't miss the UK yet. Right. It's there and I can go there anytime I like. It's not like it's disappeared off the face of the earth. It's, you know, the world is not as big as it used to be. Um, it's all available to me. And so, you know, I'm just excited by, you know, the opportunities that are now um, as more available um, to both of us um, and, you know, personally and professionally. And I'm still in that space right now. Totally. Yeah. And I think it was actually harder on me than you, which is surprising. Um, And I realized a lot of things about myself as well, which is often what happens when you move through challenges. I realized that number one, I was very attached to our stuff and also very attached to feeling settled. I also remember feeling a lot of disappointment when we walked into our apartment because yes, the view was beautiful, but it felt so small. And we had deliberately made that decision to kind of downsize and for you to work outside of the home. But coming from what we came from in London to this was, it was a shock to the system. And I remember um, the first weekend we were here, we, we went to Malibu with one of our friends, Nick Pigeon. And I remember feeling super grateful to be there for, for, for being in that space. But even, um, you know, though we have friends here, it was, it was just an interesting transition. There was another party that we went to and I literally had to go and sit in the car because I was so upset and it was just such an emotional time with, with so much happening. Um, and I don't think I anticipated the challenge that the transition would bring just emotionally and and after being in london for for nine years that's a long time so this was Mm. yeah i think it was more challenging for me well the thing is even though we were moving to you know the country that you grew up in um america's such a big place it was a different state so it was it was just as new for you as it was for me in a lot of ways yeah we're still like five hours away from your from your family right um even though it's the same country so it was a brand new country in a lot of ways for you because you'd never lived there right and so um you just don't know how you're going to feel um right and you you know you're right i mean i you know i did feel the the size difference and i think that um and we'll get to this point i guess um you know working outside of the home uh and that kind of experience i thought that would be something that would would really change the experience for me so that i could have that work and home 
balance. Um, but yeah, we, it was, it's a very different experience and, and, you know, the place we moved into was amazing and the, the concierge was amazing and there's a pool and, you know, it's a really amazing experience there. It's a very different type of living that we were used to. And, but we were, I guess we were brave enough to give something else a go because until you try different experiences, um, in life, you don't really know what recipe is going to be the recipe that, that, that equates to that, you know, that balance and that happiness that you're, you're really looking for. Yeah, exactly. You can only, you know, make decisions from the place that you are and, and anticipate where you're going to be and where you want to be, but you don't actually know until you get there. So mm-hmm. that's so true. So September for us was about finding our footing and we had thought that all of our stuff was going to arrive right away. We were so excited to get it. And then we got a message saying it's going to arrive at the dock or at the port, I should say, in LA on September 27th. And we both looked at each other like, what? What are you talking about? We mailed or we shipped this at the beginning of July. Now it's going to be the end of September. That's not what we expected. But we couldn't do anything about it. And so we planned to get our stuff soon after that point. I was hopeful that it would be here for my birthday on October 4th, but that wasn't the case. No, it was not the case. (laughs) (laughs) I know that you didn't care as much as I did, but that was not the case. So anyway, fast forward. Predictability. It was the predictability of it. And it's like, whether you miss your stuff or not, um, it's, it's not knowing quite often we just want to know like someone says this is definitely what's going to happen then you can plan for it but when when you lose a bit of trust in what is going to happen suddenly it throws everything up in the air and that's i think what we were feeling right yeah and i realized how much of a control control freak for lack of better phrase i actually am and wanting to have things a certain way is is part of my personality but like you said you have to be able to adapt and recognize that there are times when you don't actually have control and you have to ask yourself you know am i going to resist what's happening in this moment or am i going to remember that everything is happening for me mm-hmm. and what we ultimately realized um later on that this was that this definitely was happening for us. So let's take people back. So you, one of the things that we decided for you uh, that you would experience was Brendan Burchard's live event. And I bring this up because one of the whole, one of the reasons why we actually moved to the U.S. in the first place was because we wanted to be a part of masterminds. We wanted to have the opportunity to go to conferences and experience everything that is here in the United States that, that we, you know, missed out on or, or didn't necessarily experience or flew back and forth from, um, when we were in the UK. And there was a period, there was a day where I literally woke up and I was like, James has to go to this event. Why in the world did we not get him a ticket? It's, it's literally two hours South in San Diego. And so I remember sharing that with you and what was your response? Well, this is, what's interesting about this is that I knew that event was happening and they were emailing me about it, you know, a couple of months early. And I was like, do you know what? I'm not going to commit to this because that's right after we've moved and there's so much, there's logistically so much going on with, you know, you know, business plans, prepping for, you know, our big love event and, and lots of other things happening. I don't want to commit to something and, and have other people miss out on this ticket because um, as a CHBC, as a high performance coach, I get like really good deals and all this stuff. And I just didn't want to commit to that and then let people down. And so I didn't commit to it. Um, but then Emily just made me realize. And what's really interesting is when I woke up that morning, I was not feeling great. I was feeling a bit sort of drained with everything. And um, Emily sort of, we, we spoke about it and she's like, you need to be going to this event. Why aren't we going? And I realized, I looked at the week and I thought, Do you know what? There's, there's no reason I can't really go. There was something I would have to move. 
Um, but the thing that I'd have to move would benefit from me being at that event anyway. And so literally it was the day before the event was going to start. I didn't have a ticket. I didn't have a hotel room. And, you know, this is a hotel that would probably be sold out. Um, that close to an event that was going to be hosting two and a half thousand people. Um, but we looked at each other and I said, you know what, I just need to make this happen. And so this is where the whole reason we moved over here, um, pulling all of the resources that, that we had, which I'm so grateful for, which is the community of people that are in, you know, m- you know, my, my high performance community or Brendan's Brendan Bouchard's community that I've been a part of, uh, and we've been a part of for years, um, pulling in the resources and asking them, right, this is what I need to make happen. I'm currently packing my bag. I'm going to be renting a car so that I'll leave Emily with our car. I'm going to rent a car and I'm going to drive down to San Diego. And by the time I get there, um, I trust that I'm going to have a ticket. I'm going to have a hotel room. <laughs> and so I reached out to the community just so happened. Someone in, in um, the community who was going to go couldn't make it last minute. And so I, I jumped on it and I said, okay, can you ring the hotel and ask to swap your hotel room name for, for me? Um, and then I, I messaged Brendan's team. So I, I know, I know I said I couldn't make this ticket. Is there any way we can do something about this? Whatever I need to pay, just let me know. And um, they were amazing. They sorted out the ticket. So I'm driving down to San Diego, having only a few hours ago, not had anything, get there, um, register, get my ticket. I've got a hotel room and the, the place is full of, not only uh, tons of fellow coaches and people in my community that I know, but also some, some clients that I've had in the past. And it's like I was meant to be there the whole time. I love that. And you came back a completely different person. And what we realized, I know there's like a lot of layers to this. What we realized, or one of the things we realized is that's what your role in our work needs to be. Like you being out there at conferences with people, engaging in communities, that's really where you thrive and also where your mastery is. And so we kind of made this decision. I don't even know that it was like a huge conversation, but we both acknowledged that you're not a sitting behind the computer sort of a guy. And we need to recognize that there's so many opportunities here that might not, um, you know, they, that, that weren't there when we were living in the UK that we need to take advantage of that will support us in spreading our mission and moving the company forward and also lead to a heck of a lot more fulfillment on your end. Yeah. I mean, I think this is about owning your lane, right? And for all of you out there that that you know compare yourselves with how other people run and work and are successful and yet that doesn't you know you can't for some reason do it the same way or it's um it's hard you've got to own your lane because you know the way emily and i work is very very different and yet we're both very very good at what we do but only when we run in our own lane if if, if i try and you know do things the way emily does them i'm just going to be second best right? <laughs> Every time. And if Emily tries to, to sort of move in my lane, it just, it just doesn't feel right. And I think you've got to own your lane. And I think what Emily's saying is that, you know, I got much, I got even clear on what my lane is and, and how to leverage that, um, which, you know, is the, again, one of the whole reasons we moved here. 
And then I think it's really funny because we kind of, we made this decision. Okay, James, you're going to be doing a lot more of that stuff and less of this stuff. But then literally the following week, we were hosting this challenge and we worked together side by side at the kitchen table, like every single day hosting these trainings. And I was telling Marla, who for everyone listening probably knows she's our previous relationship coach, Marla Mattinson. I was telling her, we made this decision to work less together almost and ended up working more together. And what we realized was the space that we were in physically, the apartment was not actually meeting the requirements of our life. And you, although you had um, a workspace, it wasn't working out as you expected, as you wanted to. And I know that even more recently, you've realized that hosting calls when tons of people are watching you is a little bit awkward. And so we started to feel that something wasn't right with our current environment. And the other thing that was happening in the environment is that our neighbor, even though this is a smoke-free building, was smoking all the time, smoking marijuana. And so the smell of weed would seep through the air conditioning vents into our apartment. And there were a few days where we literally woke up and the entire bedroom and bathroom smelled like weed. And it was really starting to affect us. Yeah, it's not not a good thing, right? You can't you you know um, <laughs> you can't be hosting cool stoned, right? Right. But uh, obviously, that's not what happened. Um, but it's you know it again, it's apartment living, and and where I tried to go with this is that if you're going to live in a situation where you're sharing spaces with people, there's certain things you've got to accept, right? And so this is where we make a decision that is about us do uh, us making the choice to do something about it and not just being in blame. Uh, because that wasn't going to help anything. But I think it was a gift in a lot of ways. It was a reminder that, you know, to really to really run at our best, we need to not only take control of, of, of our lanes and how to move, but to be able to put ourselves in an environment that is conducive to us doing so, right? Why make life harder for yourself? And so it was, um, you know... It, what we're learning is that the first few months here taught us a lot about ourselves that maybe we'd forgotten or we weren't aware of. Yeah. And one of those, again, was a reminder that everything happens for you. Because of this situation, we obviously talked to the the managers of the building. There was not much that they could do besides issue warnings. And it would take a while for anyone to get evicted if it went to that place. And as the weeks went on, we realized that this person was not going to stop. They weren't going to adhere to the rules. And you had a trip planned with some of your friends to North Carolina. And around that same time, I decided, you know what, I'm going to start looking at other apartments. This whole weed situation is not good. This space is also very small for us. James is working from home a lot more than we expected. And so I started looking around to see what was available. And I immediately found um, a couple of properties, two in Playa Vista, and which is right by the water, and one in Marina Del Rey. And so I remember it was a Friday, not that long ago. <laughs> We're not talking even weeks. It was like maybe 10 days ago. I went to visit this, this property and, and fell in love with it and decided to call James in North Carolina and say, you know what? I found a place. How would you feel well, about how, moving? How did you, how did you actually um, pick up the phone to me? This is an interesting one. Do you remember? No. Did I say, don't be mad at me? <laughs> she, yeah, she said, because this is the thing, and this is like Emily owning her lane, is that Emily moves, we both, we both move very, very quickly, right? But I think that, you know, Emily moves very, very quickly, and she knew out of love and respect for me, she knew that I'd gone to this, you know, gone away, it was a refueling and, a, a, you know, almost like a mastermind with a load of amazing guys, and she was conscious of not upsetting that. 
um, whilst also knowing that decisions have to be made quickly at this point. Um, and so just want to show a lot of love for you being so sensitive to that. You you, you said to me, you know, kind of jokingly, but in the way series, you know, don't be mad at me, but, um, and that's how that, that's how that opened. And I, you know, I just want to recognize you for being sensitive to, you know, to not, not wanting to stress me out um, when I was away and which you never would have done, but I just want to recognize you for that. Yeah. Well, and I think we learned that from Marla that you, you don't have to blurt everything out. And in fact, you shouldn't, you need to check in with the other person's bandwidth. Otherwise you're just really thinking about yourself and Mm -hmm. not being conscious of where your partner is at. And so that's what I was trying to kind of feel into, but you are in such a great place. And it turns out that you had literally been having the same conversation with your friends just a few hours before saying, I I really don't think we're going to be in this place anymore any longer. Yeah. It was, it was, it was scarily in alignment. Like uh, we were still very, very connected and basically thinking the same thoughts, even though I was on the East coast and you're on the West coast of America. Yeah. And we hadn't actually discussed leaving. And so we found this place and it was, uh, it was available now. So I thought it was completely empty. And so the real estate agent was going to contact the owners and ask them, if they approved our application and get the ball rolling. So that evening, that Friday evening, I was waiting for a call back from the real estate agent and, and she called me and she said, you know what, Emily, I tried to contact the owner. Let's call her Jane. And immediately when Jane picked up the phone, I heard her granddaughter scream in the background. Turns out their dog died right in front of them. And I was like, okay, that's very strange and also very sad, but you know, call me tomorrow after you actually properly talk to her. So Saturday went by and still she hadn't been able to talk to Jane. Then Sunday, I remember I was at the grocery store and I got a call and the real estate agent said, um, you know, Jane really wants you to move in. They liked your application, but here's the thing. This is a condo complex. And when Jane bought the condo, they didn't, we didn't know that in the contract, it specifically said that you can't rent out uh, this condo for a year until a year after you purchase it. And Jane, you know, has no intention of moving into the condo and has always wanted to rent it out, but she has to go before the board to get this approved. And it shouldn't be a big deal. She's already had one of the board members members say that she can rent out this space and that they'll get it pushed through. So don't worry. So we're like, okay, well, this isn't going to happen as quick as we thought or as quickly as we wanted it to, but this is a great place. So let's plan to move forward, blah, blah, blah. And meantime, in the meanwhile, from the original date of our shipment coming into the dock or the port on September 27th. This is now a month later and we still haven't received our shipment. This is the end of October. We still haven't received our shipment. Finally, we get a call saying that they want to deliver it. I think it was around October 27th. And because we knew we were going to be moving, again, this is life happening for you. We were grateful now that we still hadn't gotten this shipment because it would have meant that we had to move things twice. So I quickly got on the phone with the shipment company and said, we're planning to move into this new place. Can we delay the shipment just by a few days? And they said, yes, no problem. Give us the new address. So we arranged something with the the condo in that we could have our shipment delivered to the garage of this condo. So on the day of the delivery, I went to the condo complex. It took me about 90 minutes to get there because it was rush hour. And I get to the condo gate and the woman at the gate tells me, you're not allowed to come in today. And I said, what are you talking about? (laughs) She said, you're not allowed to move in today. And I said, I'm not moving in. I'm expecting a shipment that we're putting in the garage. 
And she turned to her partner in the little, in the little house by the gate and asked, am I allowed to let her in? I didn't hear what he said, but she gave me a little form and said, okay, you can go in, but I'm not allowing any deliveries to come in. And so I went through the gate and I called the owner. And then a few minutes later, got a call from the real estate agent saying, the owner just got a call from the board saying, how dare you let these people in? There's no way we're allowing a shipment to come in. You know, there's no way we're allowing them to move in. None of this has been sorted yet and all of that. And so I had to leave and call the shipment company who had literally just texted me saying that they were outside and I was looking for them and I called them and I said, where are you? And, and they said, oh, we're, we're in Hollywood, which is actually where the other apartment is, where the apartment is that we initially moved into. So they had mixed up the, the addresses and were actually in the place where we were trying to leave. But thank God that's where they were because I was going to have to tell them to go there anyway and deliver all of our boxes somewhere in that building. So James, I know all the meanwhile this is happening, like you were prepping for a call. I didn't want to text you because I knew that you would be a little concerned about all of this. I knew you couldn't, even though you were just across the street, I knew you couldn't leave your call and come back and handle all of this. So I was just trying to juggle it all myself. And I eventually found out that the apartment complex that we're in, they would allow us to use three additional or two additional storage units and just put all of the boxes in there for a few days. Yeah. So this is you thinking on your feet and, 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 you know, not being in blame and just going there and, and um, really grateful for the building being so flexible and letting that happen. Um, and, you know, it's, it's another example of just why you can just shift and move and like life is not predictable. And the moment you pause and, and sort of like panic and, and get stressed about things, it, that doesn't help. And so we just kept moving and, and making things happen. And again, I think as you're going to be talking about, it, it was everything happening for us because this place that we were wanting to move into wasn't the place we were meant to move into. Exactly. And I remember driving back. So I had to drive from Marina Del Rey back to Hollywood and I remember thinking to myself, what is going on here? What is the lesson here? Like, I feel like I've been in chaos for a good chunk of 2019. And what is that about? And I think one of the things that I wrestle with is, is you know, I believe that we can manifest and I believe that our thoughts and words create our reality. But I also believe that life sometimes has a different agenda and it's not anything that you could predict, but it's exactly what you need. And I think that's what we've been shown and we've been shown more and more and more to just be and trust instead of resistant to what's currently happening. Right, totally. And and that's why we shimmy and move so quickly. But at the same time, it's challenging on the bandwidth, right? Because then there was another addition, which I don't think you've mentioned yet. There's another addition to what would make moving kind of challenging. Go for it, tell it. Well, we were so we were due to we were due to sort of um uh, move pretty quickly, but there was something in the diary that was scheduled to happen um, around me um, around this whole time of moving, which was I um, had to have hernia surgery. Right. So and we were supposed to move the boxes on Thursday, and then we thought, okay, we'll actually move into the condo on Sunday. So give James a few days to rest. His surgery was on a Friday. But we got a call on Friday after this real estate agent and the owner spoke to the board, and the board said, absolutely not. And the whole reason that they had assumed they would get a yes from the board was because the woman 
who was on the board, who told them that she would get them the yes, her dog died on the day of the meeting. And so she wasn't at the meeting. And so she didn't even vote. At and that so, point, I was kind of concerned bringing, bringing our cat Lola to that area because it seemed like a lot of pets were, were not having a good time with this whole scenario. <laughs> so it was all these weird things that kept happening that kept like, it seemed like they were roadblocks. And sometimes I think it's hard to differentiate between like, should I just keep pushing for this? Should I keep, is this just a sign that I need to try harder? Is this just a sign for me to show up? Or do I just need to release this and start to go into trust around, okay, well, clearly life has a different agenda for us. Right, totally. And so I think we we got to that point, you know, you and I are constantly talking about it and we're thinking, okay, something is not right here. Um, and also all the eggs are in one basket. Let's, uh, let's keep moving and let's just see what else is going on um, and not let anything be a roadblock, including like having surgery. Like nothing was going to be a roadblock because everything's figure, figure outable. Totally. Yeah, that, that is our motto. And so we started looking at other places. The original real estate agent who helped us last summer, she stepped in and we saw another place on Saturday. And then we put an offer into that because we really loved it. And the next day we realized, oh, they're having an open house because not only are they trying to lease it, they're also trying to sell it. And so we were looking at other properties again, not wanting to put all of our eggs in this basket. And we drove by the open house. And I remember it was so weird because we saw these other people walking through this house that we had so you know decided that was going to be ours. And we were told there were no other applications. We were told that we would be good candidates. And then we saw all these other people walking around. Yeah, exactly. But you know... Um... The master manifestors at work kind of, I think secretly we, we had decided we were going to get that place. Um, but every other place we looked at, even if they were amazing, something wasn't quite right. And so, you know, we were just doing, this is the point where going back into, let's just do everything we can to, to support both ends of the parties making something happen. Exactly. And so we had to wait a few days. We saw another place that you loved, but I didn't. It literally made me want to throw up. And I don't, I still to this day don't know why that was perfectly fine, <laughs> but sometimes we don't know why. And finally we got a word, the word that we were accepted. And at the time that we're recording this, we're literally going to be moving in on Sunday. It's Thursday right now. We're going to be moving in on Sunday, which means not only will we be moving all of our stuff in the current place, we will actually be able to unpack our boxes. And although we shipped them literally four months ago, we will finally get everything. And, and that means a lot to me. <laughs> so I yeah. can't wait. It's been, it's been quite weird because now all of our stuff in the UK is, is been in the same building as us for the last week. Um, but of course we can't really access it. And so, um, and I'm very surprised that you haven't been tempted to rip into some of those boxes, Emily, but, um, yeah. you know, we've yeah. been holding off. And then from a personal perspective, I've had a week to recover from hernia surgery so that when we move, um, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm not completely useless as I might've been if we'd moved, uh, two days afterwards. Yeah. And it's really cool how all this has happened because not only is the place that we're moving into basically the size of what we had in London, but it's in the direction that we wanted to go in, in terms of the location. It has an office for both of us, plus an extra room. So it's much bigger and somehow it's actually cheaper. So every, every box was ticked. Yeah, it was amazing. And it's, in, and, and I think this is where everything really, and I said this to you the other day, Emily, that if we'd have designed a scenario, because moving to another country and trying to decide on a location and a property without actually being there is, is quite tough because you can't, you can't get an emotional response from a picture online, right? Um, and like that place you said that you saw that I liked and you didn't, you, we wouldn't have had that. We wouldn't have had the opportunity to feel that 
if we'd seen it online because you actually saw that property first online, right? Yeah. And so the way this has all worked for us is that the place we initially moved into was perfect for moving from abroad because we had people in the building that could help. We had systems set up to really help you, um, you know, receive packages and have storage facilities and parking and just everything that would have made life logistically a little bit more tricky. And now a couple of months in, we're a bit more set. We know what we're doing. We know LA better. And now we've got a new place that works out. So if you take a step back and look at the way this whole thing has worked out, it's a perfect design. Um, even for the guy smoking the weed. Even the, less the guy who just likes to smoke weed in his apartment, <laughs> right? And I don't <laughs> want to make him that. wrong. I just don't want to smell it. Um, yeah. So it's all worked out. And I think the, the lesson here for me, and I won't put words in your mouth, Emily, but the lesson here for me is that, you know, life is just, life is not predictable. You can totally design the outcome that you want, but the route there can be, you know, can be testing. And I guess the test is how much do you really want it? Um, and, you know, how much do you really want it with everything else going on? And how are you living your life? And how are you maintaining your momentum energetically and your relationship? And, um, and I think we've passed with flying colors because we've, we've maintained everything to a very high standard. Everything, every decision we're making is for the betterment of us and the business and our lives. And um, a big hell yeah, group hug, high five for us, I say. <laughs> exactly. No, I feel the same. And I think my other big lesson is just a lesson in trust. And also I've said to you many times, I'm in the midst of living out my next book. I'm in the, the midst of living out the next podcast episode because I know that every everything happens for me. It's not always easy, but those challenges really make us who we are and teach us those lessons that we need to learn that we can then go on and, and pass on to others um, and, you know, share that wisdom. And so that's really been a, a lot of what this past few months has been about. And we didn't even talk about all the stuff with the business, needing to move the company and all that. That'll be another episode. Um, but I think we've moved through all of this in a way that I'm proud of. Yes, there are things probably that I, I could have done better. I could have been more patient with, but there's a lot to be proud of here and we've grown closer and it's all happened as it, as it was meant to, like you said. Um, and so it's just another reminder that the universe has your back. Totally. And, uh, and it's all a reflection of the work that you do as well. Like, you know, if we hadn't been making certain choices and living our life in a certain way, we may not have the bandwidth for um, a lot of the shimmying and the moving and the shifting that happens. Right. So, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a really a learning and, and a reflection for us, but a huge amount of gratitude that I've got for, you know, the work that we do put into our lives personally and professionally to make sure that we can shift and move like this because, um, I see a lot of people getting put massively in delay uh, or even, you know, fall off the horse when, uh, when, life, um, when life is unpredictable like that. Yeah. Um, and so I, I'm very proud of us. And, um, and I think that it's just a wonderful lesson um, for everyone to, to know that you don't have to have predictability in your life to, to be happy, to be productive and move forward. And, and if you do, if you are upset and, and angry and, and, and reactive sometimes, that's okay. Um, but you have an opportunity to bounce back a lot quicker than you realize. Um, and when you just keep, keep steadfast in the direction that you actually want to go in and don't compromise on that, you will get there. You will get there. 
Yeah. And I think it's sometimes a lesson of, of looking up as well. So sometimes we have such tunnel vision around the path that we're meant to take and the route that we're supposed to take to get there. But actually, if you look around, maybe there's another opportunity or another direction or another path that's, yes, going to get you to the same result, but you may miss it um, by having that tunnel vision. Mm, totally. Awesome. All right. Thanks, James. We'll leave it there. I'm sure we'll be updating people on the next chapter of this journey very soon, but thank you so much for sharing and I'll talk to you later. See you later, everyone. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the I Heart My Life show. I am so grateful for your time and your energy here today. I hope you loved what you heard and ultimately saw that the way in which James and I were able to move through this challenging time was because of the mindset work that we've done over the past few years. The work that we've done with our coaches has really helped us transform into the people we are today who are resilient, action takers, and always moving forward. If you're looking to transform yourself from the inside out, we have tons of programs, courses, and live events on our website. Go to iheartmylife.com to learn more. Thank you for listening to the I Heart My Life show. For more inspiration, success tips, and ways to achieve your life and business goals, definitely follow me on Facebook and Instagram on I Heart My Life Now. See you next time.